good morning, everybody. <clears throat> Got a <clears throat> few little prayer requests uh, to mention before we get started this morning. <clears throat> uh, Julie Burleson was here Wednesday night and said that Charlie's going in uh, tomorrow to, is it MRI? Is that what she said? He's having MRI done? I don't remember. The spinal tap? Okay, so he's going in tomorrow morning sometime. So remember Charlie Burleson. Um, did you find out anything on the little boy? Okay, so the the family that visited with us a few times uh, back in September, the little boy is going in sometime this month. I don't remember what hospital he's going to, but he's got some, uh, it's rare kidney disorder. And so he's going in for some something. Not don't have a lot of details on that. So just remember that family and that little boy, to um, Sage's friend's mother has cancer. And oh, can you give a name or do you know? Okay. Okay. So if y'all remember uh, that, write that down. Um, then Rita, you had one that you posted this week, didn't you? A prayer request. They're all starting to run together. Passed away, okay. Yep. Um, Miss Georgia had uh, some treatments done Monday. Everything went well. She was needing some iron. And uh, so they did a, a transfusion there. She done great and is doing good. Um, and then two happy notes. Um, happy birthday, Hunter. And then where's Ariel? Come here just a second. Yeah, you skipped out on us last Sunday. No, you was driving, I know. So um, I need you to tell the church what happened last week. So 1% of FFA members get that. So you was number 40 from what I understood in Avery County. Is that right? He's 39. He's 39. You got 40. So there's 40 in Avery, which y'all probably got more than any other county up here, I guess. But uh, just y'all give her a round of applause for that. That's, that's awesome. Thank you. And appreciate uh, what you've done with the FFA. And Hunter got it a few years ago. Ariel got it. Who else here? Anybody else at the church? Who you point? Okay. You got it? What you been doing? <laughs> Riding around dump truck? <laughs> All right. That's that's pretty good. Church has several several with that. So that's a that's good. And then um my nephew, when was that? Two weeks ago, he was appointed president of the, the Cove Creek chapter of the FFA. So we're we'll get to start that here real soon raising funds and all that and then hopefully paisley will go on into it as well uh, i think that's it is there anything i missed a lot going on i know it's good to have cindy with us on a sunday morning I'm not having to work today if you got your bibles turn over to exodus chapter 20 exodus chapter 20 and we're gonna we're gonna look at some idols today and uh i've thought about how to say this with with a lot of with a lot of grace and I, I don't know how to do it, so I'll just be blunt, I guess. Everybody that's here this morning 
and you have an idol in your life, raise your hand. I'm serious. If you have something in your life that you have to have, raise your hand. Some put them up, some put them, or didn't do anything. Don't be afraid. Who in here likes coffee? Hunter, you can put yours down. <laughs> He's holding his out for a long time. Who has to have their coffee in the morning? I, I, if I had more hands, I'd raise it. Get up early. Got to go drive a bus. Then I got to go to work. And then I got to come home to that. And the others. I got to have coffee. I, gotta, I mean, it's nothing for me to drink eight to ten cups a day. I mean, at least three in the morning before nine. So I've got to, before eight actually, I got to have it. Sometimes when I drink that third cup and I'm looking at my big coffee cup, I'm thinking, am I holding my idol this morning? I mean, I mean, think about that. We, we, we have addictions. We have things that we, we feel like we have to have. And at some point we tend to take that coffee cup and we move it past God because we feel like we just have to have it. Y'all wouldn't like me too much in the morning if I didn't have my coffee. So y'all probably pretty appreciative that I have that coffee in my hand. There is, and I think I have read this before, but I, I, I want to read this again to you, you guys. It's about a rock singer over in Britain. He did this interview back in the early 2000s. And in the interview that he did, he said this. He said, I haven't had a drink or done drugs for seven months, and I'm feeling good. I'm enjoying it. Instead of drinking, I pray, but not for long. He said, I ask Elvis to look after me. I've got, sorry, this is so true, it's funny. He said, I've got a tattoo on my arm and it says, Elvis, grant me serenity. Before the gig, we all get in a huddle and we pray to Elvis to look after us while we're on stage. That's the truth. He wrote that. And you might be sitting there this morning thinking, Lord, preacher, I don't pray to Elvis or I don't have... Uh, you know, back in the day, everybody had the Velvet Elvis up on the wall. Uh, I don't pray to Elvis. I don't have those little pot-bellied Buddhas that Keith had to move around the house. You know, we don't have those objects in our house, so you probably are wasting time, preacher, by talking about this idol. Well, you don't have to have a Velvet Elvis. You don't need a little fat-bellied, pot-bellied Buddha sitting in your house either. We all have something in our lives that we tend to put a, around God. And it happens throughout the week, and I don't think we even realize what we're doing when it comes to these idols. We have things that we put before God. Every one of us could raise our hand, truth be told. There's something in our lives. We might not do it constantly. This idol might not be above God 24-7, but there's something in our lives that we tend to, to draw to a little bit more than God on, on certain occasions. Now, again, we don't and in our houses, we don't have these golden calves at our, at our houses. And we've got some pricey calves at our houses, don't we, Jason? <laughs> but they ain't golden calves, and we don't worship them. We don't have the Elvises in our house. We don't worship them, but there's something. It might be as simple as a coffee cup. It might be something that simple. But it might be something as dangerous as an alcohol bottle. Or a little baggie full of something. It could be dangerous. But we all have something that we have to have, and we tend to put it above God. And what I need you to understand this morning is, and I want you to take this away this morning, we as believers still have other gods or idols that we go to every single day. 
as believers, as Christians, we do have something. Everybody's maybe a little bit different. Keith was talking about this morning in Sunday school. We all have our own talents. We all have our gifts that God has given us, but we all actually have our own little idols too, our own little our own little Buddhas, I guess you say, in our lives. And we find that we devote our entire life to the pursuit of things we desire. There's some people have a desire, and I'll just be honest with you, for money. They want all the money that they can get. And, and this life, that, that is, that's, that's the one thing they've focused on for their entire life is I'm going to make as much money as I can while I'm here. And that's their idol. Money tends to be the idol for most people. I'm going to make as much, and, or it may be travel. I'm going to travel as much and go as many places as possible. And so they will do that for their life. They will try to do whatever they can do to get around the world. Many Christians today, they, they service and they worship the idol of the pursuit of money. And I'm not going to harp on money because I think that's one. When we talk about idols, that's the one we talk about the most. But I, I want you just to think about that today. I want you to search your heart. We're getting ready to read Scripture. I want you to search your heart and think about what your idol might be. And if you don't hear anything else I, I say this morning, I want you to leave here knowing what you've put before God. Because we all have something that we have put before God. But when we leave here this morning, I want you to put that aside and put God first. That's all he's asking. As Keith was talking about, you know, God is the head of the church. Jesus is the head of the church. We've got to keep God first and foremost in our lives. God is what we worship. God is, God, don't make anything else a God. God, big G God, that is what we are to worship. So, again, when you leave here, I hope you figure out what it is that, that's got you worshiping it, that you don't need to be worshiping right now. So if you've got your Bibles open to, to Exodus 20, verse 4, stand with me just a second. Exodus 20, verse 4. Bible says, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and showing mercy in two thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Let's pray. Father, this morning we just want to thank you again. Uh, thank you for these commandments that we follow. Lord, we just thank you for, uh, as we talked about last Sunday, these rules that you've placed, these laws that you've placed before us. And Father, I pray that we continue to follow those. Lord, I pray that you would uh, continue to, just to clear our hearts and our minds to keep a, an eye and a focus on you and what you have in store for us. As Christians, that is our job. We are to follow these rules that you've laid before us in, in, the, in, the, in the Bible. And I pray, God, that, that we would put aside these earthly, worldly things that we have before us, Lord, and we would focus uh, wholly on your word and your guidance. God, I pray for those that we mentioned this morning that are, are struggling, those uh, that are battling cancer, that have lost loved ones due to cancer or COVID, whatever it may be, those that are uh, in and out of the hospital. Lord, we thank you for uh, the touch that you gave Georgia this week. Uh, Lord, I pray that she continues to feel better from that. Lord, I just pray that you would use this church, Lord, as, as a vessel. God, I pray that you'd use this church as, as a group of individuals that would uh, gather together, Lord, in prayer and, and support for those that are struggling, those that need 
just need a touch from you. Lord, I pray that we could bring it before you and leave it with you. God, we've seen you do many great things throughout this church and in our lives, and I pray, God, that we'd not forget, and we'd always thank you for that. Thank you for your many blessings, and Lord, just thank you for your love this morning. I'll listen in your son's name we pray. Amen. You can have a seat. <clears throat> First thing I want to look at is over in verse 4. The Bible tells us again, it says, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water underneath. So he's kind of covered everything. Don't use anything to make an image. So one thing we'll talk about first this morning is don't idolize anything. He pretty much covered it right there. Above middle ground, below the sea, whatever it is, don't idolize anything. We have folks, and I know this happens more with, with children, children, young adults, whatever you want to say, they get into sports or they get into music. Well, what do they do? They start idolizing these um, athletes or these artists. So they get to where they, all they want to do is, is buy that record and listen to that one artist, or they want to watch that one ball player, they want to watch... Um, you know, this one certain team, and they start idolizing these, these people. And that's dangerous. Now, there's a, a difference in idolizing and having a role model. And so some of these children need good role models. They can find that in our churches. But there are some, some decent athletes out there that I would not mind my children having as role models, not idols. But... We, we do that, and as adults, we start doing that too. We, start, we kind of might veer away from the artist or the athlete, but we might get into things, might even get into politics, where we start idolizing a politician. And I know that that's become more and more prevalent nowadays, where we have these one or two individuals that are in, in politics, and we really focus on them, and we idolize them. We have set them above God. We almost put them at a godlike level because we are so ingrained and so enthused with what they say or how they say it or what they've done or what they're doing that we idolize these individuals. That's dangerous. God's plainly telling us there, don't idolize anything. I don't care if it's the moon or the sun, if it's a bird. I don't care if it's a beast of the ground or if it's fish in the sea, whatever it is. Don't idolize it. He says, just worship me alone. What is an idol? An idol is anything that takes the focus off of God and puts it on something else. So that's, that could be anything. That could be anything. Right now, it could be that horn of plenty right there. Doris is not here. She done a great job with that. Tell her I said thank you. That looks good. That horn of plenty, that could be an idol. This flag, that flag could be an idol, a candle. It could be anything. We can make anything an idol. And he's telling us, don't do that. What does your life center around? What is, what's, what's your primary focus in this life? What's the one thing that you revolve around in your life? Is it that cup of coffee in the morning? Or is it that drink that you have in the evening? Or that secret sin that you have that nobody else knows but you and God? What is it that your life revolves around? Because if you have one, and your life revolves around something other than God, that's your idol. But what is it? What is it? You know what it is. I don't, but you do. An idol doesn't have to be a bad thing. When I say a bad thing, uh, it doesn't have to be something like drugs or alcohol. It could also be a good thing. 
Now, idols ain't good. Don't take that the wrong way. But it doesn't have to always be a negative thing. It could be, it could be anything. It could be food. Some people have that problem. I mean, it could be bad for you eventually. Some people put their idols in a safe deposit box, if you know what I mean. Some people have those, that money. I thought about that gold you were talking about last week. I've thought about that all week when I was studying this. That, that feller Keith had worked for had put up large amounts of gold. Did he worship that? I don't know. I think he was playing it safe, just in case. But people do that. They'll hoard things up. Archaeologists tell us that every single culture around the world, throughout history, there have been idols. They have found these gold statues. They have found these little statues, whether gold or stone, whatever it may be. They found it. These little G gods and goddesses all over the place. There has always been a, 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 a idol or a little G god somewhere. We've talked about this for the past few weeks. Moses goes up on the mountain. Gone for 40 days. Didn't take children of Israel long to do what? Make a golden calf. Didn't take them long to find something else that they wanted to idolize or to worship. Man has a desire for some reason to turn objects or people or things into objects of worship. We have that desire. We, we, why is God not good enough for us? Why do we feel like we've got to find something else to idolize? God has blessed us, He has helped us, He has saved us, He has he's kept us healthy, He has done so much in our lives. Why can we not worship Him and honor Him? Why do we feel like we have to go out and find something else to make a God? God don't like that. As a matter of fact, He says He hates it. He does not like it. He is a jealous God. We just read that. He is a jealous God. He does not like it when you worship something other than Him, when you put something above Him. The last verse or last phrase there in verse 5 says, Of them who hate me, God's jealous, and all he wants is us to worship him exclusively, only him, nothing else. Deuteronomy 4.15 says, Take ye therefore good heed unto yourselves, for ye saw no manner of similitude, yes, on the day that the Lord spake unto you in Horeb. But out of the midst of and make you a graven image, the similitude of any figure, the likeness of male or female. Something else idols will do is they'll disappoint you. I was talking about that a while ago, about these singers, these athletes, and these artists that our kids tend to, to idolize, and, and they, they're just they're so ingrained, so focused on these guys or girls that you know, they just, they're obsessed with it. But what happens typically with athletes and artists? They fall. They will do something, and they're going to fall. They disappoint. That's what idols do. Idols will disappoint you. These athletes, they do great things on the court, and they've got all these skills and these talents, and they might be able to, to score or outrun or do whatever it is, but then they're going to disappoint us. What are they going to do? They're going to test positive for a drug or they're going to get involved in some crime, or they're going to do something that they shouldn't be doing, they're going to fall. They're going to disappoint. 
And they, they, they always promise more than they can deliver. That's what, that's what idols can do. Jeremiah ten fourteen says, Every man is br- uh, brutish in his knowledge. Every founder is confounded by the graven image, for this molten image is falsehood, and there is no breath in them. Idols will disappoint you. Idols will fail you. Idols will let you down. God won't. If you worship the one true God like we're supposed to, He will never let us down. He will never forsake us. He will never forget who we are. He knows each one of us. You know, that's the thing about idols, the ones that that the kids are worshiping, the, the athletes or whatever, artists, whatever it is, they don't know them. These athletes don't know these children that look up to them. They don't, these artists don't know these children or these young adults that are going out and, and spending all this money or their parents' money on concert tickets and, and apparel and, and music and all this stuff. They don't know them from Adam. So if they let them down, they don't care. God cares. But God ain't going to let us down either. He loves us. He's not going to disappoint us like others will. We wear uh, certain types of apparel. We're going to be a lot more popular. If we'll wear what this artist or this athlete is promoting, we're going to be the popular people. Let me, I, one thing I won't wear is a pair of Nikes right now. One thing, let me grab me a pair of Nikes. Let me get me something that these athletes are wearing right now, and, and, and I'll be popular like everybody else. What if I just go out and I buy this toothpaste and get a nice smile? I mean, that's what this one artist is promoting. Not really. I don't know if this is true or not, but there's an artist out there that might be promoting a toothpaste. Well, if they're promoting toothpaste, I'll get that, and I'll have the prettiest smile on earth. I'll be able to get all the, all the boys or all the girls. I'll get everybody's attention because they said it's going to look, make me look good. We've got to be careful with that. Anytime you put expectation on something other than God, it's going to disappoint you. I promise you that. I don't care if it's a person or a thing, it will disappoint you. God will not. One other thing that idols will do to you is dominate you. Idols are really good at domination. The word we use today, though, for idols is not idols. It's addiction. Addiction. There's problems with addiction in this world right now. And it, when we say the word addiction, what's the first thing you think of? Drugs, alcohol. That's what we think of. I don't know why we do that, but it's not just drugs, alcohol. What about work? What about your jobs? That, that can be an addiction. How about, how about school? Which doesn't happen a lot, but there are some people that are obsessed with school. They want the best grades. They want straight A's. They've got their idea of a college that they're going to go to. And they've got to keep this GPA for so many years because they're going to do something great in their life. And so they are addicted to their school, their schoolwork. I don't have to worry about that in my house, do I? <laughs> nope. Absolutely not. But that's what addictions are, sports. Sports. I, I know I talk about this in, when I was uh, helping coach softball and t-ball. The one piece of paper I love to give the parents is when ball becomes your bell. When playing ball becomes your bell. When ball, when sports becomes your little god. It happens. I love it. I love to watch the girls play. I love to watch Abby play softball. I love it. Absolutely love to go out and watch them. But one thing I won't let them do, 
play ball on Sunday, practice on Sunday, be gone on Wednesdays. Now, there was a couple of them we had to do last year were COVID-related. I don't want sports to get above God and above their church. Abby's really good about that. Doesn't like to play travel ball because she's gone on the weekends. She's gone away from church, and I appreciate that. That's her doing. It's not mine. That's just that's the way she is, and I appreciate that. Ball can become your bell. Your your husbands and wives seek after uh, promotions. It, it, when they do that, they they they, they want to make more money. They they feel like they're providing for their family. I'm gonna I'm gonna work overtime. I'm gonna work. I'm I'm not gonna do eight today. I'm probably gonna do twelve, fourteen hours a day. And I want the boss to see that I am dedicated to this job. I'm gonna do the best that I can. I'm gonna try to make this company a lot more money, and in return, I'm gonna make more money, and I can provide for my family. Well, those twelve and fourteen hour days, guess what? That's doing. It's taken away from your family. You have made that job. Your idol, and it's hurting your family. What is your idol? Something else idols will do to you. They'll deform you. They'll change you. They'll make you something that you don't want to be or don't need to be. Idols are dangerous. Psalms 115.8 says, They that make them are likened to them, so is everyone that trusteth in them. You are what you worship. What are you worshiping? I could probably just park on that one right now. We shape the idol, and then it shapes us. We get so tied up in what this thing is. What is this idol? We are so tied up in this one thing that we become that one thing. We become that job. We become that sport. We become that school. We become something, but we do not become godly. We don't. When we worship God, when we are worshiping the one true God, when we are following Jesus, then our focus and our heart is on the worship of God, God only. And we're, we have a, we're, we're getting a stronger relationship, a stronger bond. We're falling deeper and deeper in love with Him. That's what we do with God. When we follow God, we strengthen our relationship and we fall deeper and deeper in love with Him. But guess what? When you have an idol, you can fall deeper and de- deeper in love with that idol. You can worship that idol a lot more than you worship God. So we've got to be cautious with what we're worshiping and how it shapes us. Think about the young uh, ruler. He came to Jesus. He said, what do I need to do to follow you and to, and to have eternal life? What did Jesus tell him to do? He said, sell off your stuff. Give it to the poor. Follow me. He couldn't do it. He could not do it. Why did he say this to this man? Because Jesus knew that this man had an idol in his life. You've got to get rid of this idol before you can follow him. Whatever the idol might be, you've got to get rid of it. Out your, get it whatever it is. And this guy's was money. Get rid of your money and follow me. Whatever your idol is in your life, I, I don't know what it is. But you're going to have to get rid of it if you want to follow Jesus closely. What are you holding on to today? A relationship, a, a, a lifestyle, a career, habit? We all got habits, don't we? Whatever it is, it's an idol, and we got to get rid of it. I was, I was reading one of my little commentaries, and it said a $50 bill doesn't look so big when you go through it, uh, when you go through a checkout line at the grocery store. 
Why does it look so big when the, when the offering plate is passed around? <laughs> there was a there's a family come back from church, and the dad was just oh he's ranting. The dad said I cannot believe he said the preacher was just too long winded. The the music was way too loud, and the church was way too hot. And he's just griping and grumbling about the whole service. And the little boy in the back, his little son, says, Well, Dad, I didn't think it was too bad a show for a buck. <laughs> you know, idols will distract you. They dominate you. They disappoint you. And they're going to eventually destroy you. God says in the second commandment, he says, Don't idolize anything. Don't idolize nothing. Not a thing. Now, the second thing we'll look at is worship. Only God, verse 6, tells us again, it says, And showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. What is worship? It means to give our highest love and devotion to God. Our highest. What, our, our whole being. Everything we got in us, we are to worship Him with it. Just to give it back to Him. That's, that's true worship. Have you ever heard somebody say, I worship the ground he or she walks on? You ever heard that? I've heard Hunter say that a couple of times about Nicole. You can pay me later. I worship the ground they walk on. God says, don't do that. God says, worship only me. I know we say it just, you know, just kind of jokingly. It means that they really like them or love them. I want to be around them. God says, don't do that. Don't. He says, just worship me only. Romans one twenty five says, Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. It's amazing that people, what people will worship today. It is amazing. They will worship animals. They will worship a vehicle. They will worship a person. There are folks out there that actually will worship pastors or preachers. Or evangelists. There are people that worship Beth Moore. <laughs> Rita will talk. <laughs> no, I'm picking. <laughs> there are people that worship these TV evangelists. They think there's nobody like them. They don't even hear them mention, if they even do it, the word God or Jesus. Because they are just so enthused with this person. They'll worship anything. That's, that's scary. They'll worship forest they got people out there worshiping stars and rocks all kinds of different things lucky charms not the cereal animals but why would people want to make god into a statue or into uh, uh, the form that they they can bow down to why why do we want to see a physical god have you ever thought of it that way why do people want to see a physical god instead of our spiritual god well, the reason is, it's an attempt to corner God. If we can see Him, we can do something with Him. If we can physically see God, then we can do something with Him. If we can put Him in a statue, then we're going to know exactly where He's at at all times. And if we don't like where He's at, then we'll call Keith to come move Him. Get Him out of the way. Throw a blanket over top of Him. Slide Him in a closet. Put Him in a drawer. Put Him on a shelf. Whatever we need to do. But we've got to know exactly where God's at. So we've got to have a physical form of Him. If I don't want Him to be around, I can put Him somewhere else. 
If I don't want God to see what I'm doing, I'll put him somewhere else. God knows exactly what you're doing, where you're at, at all times. You can't hide from him. But if we can feel like we can hide him, then we feel better about doing something wrong. If I know where God's at, then I can sin because he can't see me. If I can keep God on the shelf or at church, then I've got him under control. That's what we want, a God we can control. It's also an attempt to constrain God. We can whittle him down to size. If I, if I have a God that's a, that's a statue, I can stick him in a box, or, I, or I, can, I can make him an idea. How about that? If I make him an idea, it's God's only in the Bible. It's only, he's only in our Bibles. And we don't have to worry about him seeing us because he's, he's just an idea, something that, that's been written about. That's what we think. It makes him less threatening. We have reversed what the Bible says over in Genesis 1 where it says, let us make man in our image. We have reversed that now in Christianity and in churches now, and we're saying, let us make God in man's image. That's exactly what we're doing. We're trying to make God into our image. We're trying to mold him and make him to fit our lives so that we can go about and do anything that we want to do and not feel guilty about it. That's what we're doing now. We've gone so far away from let's make man in our image that it ain't funny no more. It's getting actually scary in the time and day that we live in. There's a little girl drawing a picture in Sunday school. Sunday school teacher said, draw anything you want to. So she gets this, this little girl gets her little crayon and everything out, and she's in there drawing, and the teacher says, what are you doing? She says, I'm, I'm making a picture of God. And that teacher said, nobody knows what God looks like. And the little girl said, they will when I'm done. I will, they will when I'm done. It's, that's what we do. We draw our own picture of God and, and, and we can put it away. In our minds, we've drawn our own pictures of what God looks like or who he is. And then we can just put him away. Make him, make him a statue just so we can get rid of him and hide him. Get him away from us so that we can go and do whatever we want to do. It's also an attempt to control God. When you, when you have an idol, the worshiper has more control. When you worship something else, you've got more control. Lots of people want God, a God that they can manipulate. And that's, that's what we want. We want a God that will do what we say. As a little boy wanted a bicycle one time for his birthday, and he said, Mom, I, I really want this bicycle. And the mom said, son, just pray about it. See what God can do for you. Just pray about it. So he, he was going to pray about it, and he said, you know what, I'm going to write God a letter. And so he starts this letter out, and he says, dear God, this year has been the best year. I've been the best little boy. Well, then he stops, and he wads it up and throws it away. And then he starts out another one. He says, dear God, it's been a good week. I've been a good little boy. And he stops. And he throws it away. He starts another one. Dear God, it's been a good day. I've been a good little boy. And then he stops. He throws it away and he runs downstairs. Evidently, these guys are Catholic. So he runs downstairs and he grabs a statue of Mary and runs back upstairs, wraps it up in a blanket, throws it under his bed, and he starts out, Dear God, if you, he says, Dear Jesus, if you ever want to see your mother again. Ain't that how we do God sometimes? 
That's exactly what we do to God sometimes. We try to reason with Him. We try to manipulate Him. We want to manipulate God to give us things. God, if I do this for you, you better do this for me. God, if I'm good this week, I better get that bicycle by the end of the week. God, if I do my chores, if I say enough prayers, if I do enough good in this life, then you better bless me with a new truck. That's what we do. We, we try to manipulate God. God ain't, he ain't there to be manipulated. And he don't like that. We don't reason with God like that. Now there's three benefits of worshiping God only. The first thing is it will fulfill you. I promise you that. Any of these idols that you might have in your life, they're not going to fulfill you. They're going to leave you empty. Only God can fill those voids. Psalms 37, 4 says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Many people who are, are, are saved late in life, they're, they're, their biggest regret is, I wish I'd got saved earlier on. Because they've missed so many blessings. They've missed so much in their life because they didn't have God. They're enjoying so much right now, and they wish that they'd just had it earlier on. So don't settle for an image of God. Receive the real thing. Second thing, it'll deliver you. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. John 8, 36 says, if the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. You're, you're set free from the approval of others. It don't matter what anybody else says. All that matters is what God says. You don't have to please 30 people because you can't. Have you all ever tried to, I'd love to talk to Preacher Bill. Has he ever tried to please his entire congregation? You can't do it, can you? Can't do it. Preacher cannot please the entire congregation. But I'm not here for that. The only thing that matters to me is that God is pleased. Same as for y'all. As long as God is pleased with what you're doing, that's all that matters. Don't worry about anybody else. Just worry about what pleases him. Live for an and that's God. The third thing is it will develop you. It will develop you. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. We're being changed into His image. Worshiping Him changes us in a good way. When we're saved, well, we become a new creature. So we're, we're being developed, we're being molded, we're, we're being changed, developed. That's what He wants. He wants to be able to develop us, mold us into His creation, into something that He can use for His glory and for His honor. So He's changing us. It's going to develop us. I asked you a while ago, and I'll ask you one more time. What do you idolize? What or whom do you worship? This morning, it's God. But what will it be this evening? What will it be tomorrow? Who plays ball at 1 o'clock? Or what show's going to come on tonight? Or what are we going to be doing this week? How much overtime can I get this week? What's it, what is your idol? What do you worship? God wants you to worship Him and Him alone. And that's it. So this morning, I'll ask you a simple Simple favor. Would you commit to worshiping Him only? Now, if you know anybody that's been an addict or has trouble, 
stopping doing things in their life, you'll know that it's hard to get away from idols. It's hard to get away from addictions. So I'll ask you this morning, can you commit to, to worshiping only God? It's easy to sit there and say, yeah, I can do that. But if you've ever met an addict, it's hard to stop something you're addicted to. It takes baby steps. But like they always say, the first step is figuring out what it is, recognizing what it is. You need to recognize what your idol is and then address it. Address it with the one God that can save you from it and get you, get you over it. Stand with me. We're going to close out. What is your God? Or who is your God? Father, this evening, we just want to come to you. Lord, I'll come to you on behalf of each person here. We've all got something in our lives that we tend to, to put above you. may not be on a daily basis, but there's things that we tend to focus on more than we should. And Father, I pray today that, that you would burden, burden our hearts. Lord, I pray that you would open up our eyes to realize what that idol may be. And Lord, I hope that you would, or I pray that you would just help us get through it, get over it, place that idol to the side. Lord, don't let it hinder us, because that's what idols do. They're going to destroy us. They're going to hinder our worship with you. They're going to take away from our families. They're going to take away from our church, our community. Lord, this morning, I pray that you would, again, just touch in our lives and remove whatever it is that we worship above you. Lord, the worst thing in the world, in my mind right now, is the thoughts that whatever I'm doing, you hate. And if it's worshiping that idol, God, I pray that you would take it away. Lord, just remove it from myself. Lord, remove it from anyone else here that has something that they've put above you. Lord, we love you and we thank you again for your grace and your mercy. Lord, I pray today that you would just be with us as we go about our week. Father, I pray that we would take this message to heart this week and seek out whatever it is that's drawing our hearts and our minds and our worship off of you. Lord, we may come back in here next Sunday and, and worship you more holy. Lord, we just want to thank you again for your, your many blessings on this church and those that represent it here. And Lord, just uh, keep us safe in all that we do this week. All this in your son's sweet, holy, and precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed. <laughs>